and Jake Scott presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big news day today in the world of college sports. And so Austin's called in the big guns. Let's get out of the zone phone. Uh, uh, senior college football writer for CBS Sports, our good friend, one of the best in the biz, Dennis Dodd with us here on the big show. Dennis, thank you very much for a few minutes. How are you doing? Jake, I'm good. How are you? Hey, great. Uh, love, uh, you know, we love talking college sports. And today uh, we, we got the breaking news, uh, I guess it was a half hour ago, where now it's officially, official, official, officially, official, that uh, one free transfer in college sports, including college football and basketball. What do you think? Is this a good day today for college sports? Yeah, it is. The worst thing you can say about it is coaches are going to have more problems managing their rosters well, that's why they get paid millions of dollars. Um, we all have things heaped on our plate every day we don't like doing in our jobs. So I don't have any sympathy for them, especially since they created this mess by, over the years, creating this culture of blocking a player who wanted to transfer, sometimes simply out of spite. It's happened over and over again. And, and look, athletes should have the same, the same freedom as a regular student does. If it's about education. If it's not, let me know, and we'll just start paying them and making them employees. But, no, it's, it, it's been long overdue. People think it's a big deal. There were only five sports that weren't, that had to sit out, football, basketball, men's and women's hockey and baseball, and now they get their one free transfer. You know, I like to think, uh, to pride myself on thinking of all angles of these things, and one thing that jumps out of my mind, is there, a, is there value in protecting athletes from themselves in a sense that, you know, we see, we've seen already players stack up in the transfer portal with nowhere to go. Maybe they thought the grass would be greener. It's not, or, or worse yet, there's not an opportunity on the other side. Is there value in protecting athletes for themselves, or should they be left up to their own freedoms? Well, this is nothing more, I think, than an unintended consequence. For the last, for a bunch of years, about 30% of the juniors who enter the NFL draft don't get drafted. They haven't figured that out. I thought it would correct itself. It hasn't. And I suspect it won't in this case. It will just be a consequence of coming out. You know, players will be warned against it. They'll get bad advice. They won't get taken. I mean, a lot of, and you have to remember, a lot of those players are, I think, over 1,500 alone. In football, um, are walk-ons, uh, so they're they're transferring, looking for a place to get a scholarship. If you're a walk-on trying to transfer, what are the odds that you're going to get a scholarship in the first place? So, I, I think that comes under the heading. It is what it is. Buyer beware and do your homework before you transfer. Other big news today, Mark Emmert uh, was uh, extended as president of the NCAA, and it was unanimous. Are, are you surprised that uh, Emmert will be with us for the foreseeable future? No, because it's, it's, it's way beyond Mark Emmert now. The people that employ him um, really have no, you know, have no desire to get rid of him. Those are the board of governors, the people that ostensibly run the NCAA. There's only six people on that 25-person board who are power five presidents. I think the rest of them 
uh, are only worried about a check from the NCAA every year from the tournament. They don't care if North Carolina went 18 years committing systemic academic fraud. They don't care that enforcement's a mess. They don't care that there's a gender equity bias in the NCAA that reared its ugly head with the women's tournament this year and goes back to 1973 when Title IX was adopted, and the NCAA fought it for 11 years before they started women's sports. So, no, I'm not surprised. Grant Hill is one of those board of directors. You think Grant Hill cares if Mark Emmert gets a new contract or not? <laughs> you think the former CEO of American Express who's on there as a ceremonial post cares? No, I think you can suggest it's pretty much accuracy that that board is staffed with Mark Emmert toadies. So what what would you expect? Yeah. Um, other big news today, and this I, <laughs> I know you wrote about this today, but college football playoff expansion is back in the news. I guess uh, I'll keep it broad. Where are we headed and how quickly? Yeah, I mean, I think pretty quickly there's there's five, what is it, five years left in the in the 12-year contract, the initial contract. It, the soonest it could debut is two years from now. I think I calculated it at January 8th in Houston at the championship game, 2025. Um so I, I do think it's coming in what form I don't know. They were they tried to sneak it past this Friday in a release. Uh, there could be six, eight, ten, twelve, sixteen team playoffs. But I think what they see now, uh, the people that run the playoff, I don't want to say there's an equity. I personally don't see the problem with four. I'm okay with four. I don't think I don't think there's been one team that's been left out that should have been in playing for a national championship. But I think it's the equity now, and like everything else with the NCAA, every decision they make is get the threat of a lawsuit. And you can see some class action lawsuits bubbling up from the, I don't know, the group of five or some some school or another not getting in there. That's why we have one-time transfer. You know, that's why the NCAA is in the Supreme Court. And, and I suppose uh, this isn't an NCAA issue. To say the CFP is an LLC, it's a standalone company. But I, I think they see the risk in keeping it like this. So we're going to have some kind of expansion. It's just, a, a you know, a question of when. And I tend to think it's still going to go to full 12 years. So that means five more years through the 2025 season. So expect the bracket to be expanded, expanded excuse me, at least for the 2026 season. If they went, say, as high as 16, Dennis, would they consider shortening the regular season? And I bring this yeah, up, you know, I, I don't think that college athletes are as exploited as a lot of other people say. But at what point do we say how many games is enough? Because now we're getting up into NFL territory on number of games played. Yeah, that would be I calculated. That would be for the two championship teams. That would be a 17-game season if things stood like they were now. Right now, I think with 16 teams, you'd have to cut the regular season schedule, probably cut out championship games. Uh, and the way you make things whole is there'd be a bigger, bigger pot of money for schools at the end anyway. Um, they play those championship games, which are of little consequence really most of the time. They get two to three million dollars to the bottom line of every school involved in those conferences. So you bump them up by maybe two or three million dollars from the expanded playoff. Um, and the the health and welfare thing is what bothers me. You've got if you think players are going to be are opting out now, they're going to be opting out of the playoff of the 16 team playoff. So what you do is with NIL coming in, you probably allow them to be paid bonus money by somebody in some some sort, some way to play in that playoff, so they don't opt out. 
I don't see that as necessarily bad um, to keep them in there because that, the head trauma alone, uh, you know, they've done all this research with the Department of Defense. The less hitting you do with the head as a college-age player, the better it is for the health of your head. This doesn't do that. Dennis Dodd is with us from CBS Sports. I want to ask you about the Pac-12 Conference Commissioner search. John Wilner of San Jose Mercury News had a report yesterday. They're considering possibly dividing the job into two. Um, other reports out there saying people, uh, there just is an interest in some of the big names. Where are we at in this search, and how's it going, I guess? Yeah, it's not going well. The I, I talked to a person yesterday who's not – directly involved in the search, but is in, intimately, has intimate knowledge of it. And it's a mess. Um, you know, the presidents that are making the hire uh, have gotten to this point, you know, where they're considering having two people as commissioners, one that would deal with the, the, the ADs and one that would do more administrative stuff. Well, who do those people report to, each other? I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I tweeted it yesterday. I can come up with five very capable people off the top of my head right now that could do that job. Hire one of them tomorrow and be done with it. Instead of this drawn-out process, where the longer they go, the longer it looks like they're going to end up with another Larry Scott. Yeah. Um, and I think they've lost candidates because of who they are, because of the dysfunction of the Pac-12. Uh, and that's unfortunate. You know, the, the number one candidate should have been Greg Byrne at Alabama. He pulled his name out. He was at Arizona. He's, you know, he is, his blood runs with Pac-12 blood. His father was at Oregon. Um, he should be the guy. But he took his name out for what reasons, I don't know ultimately. But they're, they're screwing this thing up uh, as it stands right now. You know, it's it's tough for me to wrap my brain around because, you know, we're talking about some storied universities in, in the Pac-12 yep. conference. You know, Oregon, USC, Washington, I mean, UCLA, Stanford. I mean, we're talking about this. This should be uh, a really desirable job. And, and, Dennis, would I be reading too much into it to say that they didn't have a plan when they decided to part ways with Larry Scott? That's the thing that baffles me is how do you not have this thing buttoned up because right. the demise of Larry Scott was, that was a long time coming. Yeah, um, I, I, I look at it this way. Um, you know how the SEC, you all make fun of the SEC saying, oh, it just matters more. Yeah, that's fun to laugh at. Um, but in, in the Pac-12, it doesn't mean more. And what I'm talking about is the pursuit of championships and the pursuit of revenue championships in football and basketball. It just doesn't. In the boardrooms of those presidents, some of those presidents are more involved with you know where we are on the rankings in the uh, in the Sears Cup or the Directors Cup for athletes, athletics across the board, instead of thinking, okay, if Urban Meyer comes available available tomorrow, can we afford it? Do we want to go after him? And the Pac-12 proves itself. The answer to that is no. They're not a conference that's going to hire Urban Meyer. Um, they were they were more worried at UCLA about. Um, you know, their coaches buyout being too high, been paying it, and getting Urban Meyer when he was back on the market. I mean, it, it, right or wrong, you know, but that, that, to me, that's the mindset of the Pac-12 and too many of these boardrooms. It's not about winning championships. It's about having, you know, some sort of cultural, they can, they can clink their glasses at some sort of cocktail party and say, well, we finished seventh in, uh, in this or that in the director's cut. No, it's not about that. It's about winning championships, or at least it is, it is for the people that pay that tuition, I think, most of it. 
Dennis, last thing before we let you go, you could imagine uh, the NFL draft is a big thing around here tomorrow because Zach Wilson is is slated to go number two to the Jets. We'll see if that actually happens. But as somebody who's covered college football and watched Zach play a little bit, what do you think about his kind of meteoric rise? I don't know if I would have ever predicted him going second, even you know watching him play some good football at BYU. Yeah, I, I love him. Uh, I love him as a prospect. Uh, when I sat down for the first time during the season and watched him play a whole game, the first name that came to mind was John Elway. Now, that may be hyperbole, but I love the arm strength. I love the way he sat in the pocket. I love the way he didn't get happy feet. And obviously, he had a lot of talent around him. Uh, those receivers, that left tackle, Christensen, was really, really good. Um, but I, I, I love him. Uh, you know, he maybe he's the guy. The Jets tend to drag down whoever they draft. Maybe he's the guy who elevates them. I can't say anything bad about Jack Wilson. That's the fear, right? Is it's the yeah. Jets. Oh, man. It's Jets, the, the Jets. Jets. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, good day for Zach Wilson. You know, a bad day. He's going to get paid. But do the Jets get any better? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, you know what? We, uh, Zach's been fun to watch around here, and I think everybody yeah. listening, even the Ute fans, are hoping he has a good career at the next level. I just I shudder because it's the Jets. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's the concern. Yeah. Um, and then there's a you know there's the other story why it has become Zach Wilson and not Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a slam dunk number two um, at the top next to Trevor Lawrence, and for whatever reason, I wrote about it last week, his stock has dropped. Yeah. Bizarre. Well, Dennis, thank you for jumping on with us. We always appreciate your insight, and we hit a bunch of stuff with you today, so thanks for jumping on. You bet. Thanks. Dennis Dodd, uh, he's a senior college football writer for CBSSports.com. Well, CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. His latest, talking about, uh, and here's the headline, Inside the Inevitable College Football Playoff Expansion, now why it will be anything but easy. This is a, a great, great piece. Uh, he's, uh, he breaks it down on, on really uh, all aspects and uh, very thorough, certainly worth a read uh, if you're curious as to where we're headed with, uh, with college football and this playoff expansion, which is not something that we've hit on a ton on the show today. Uh, Dennis wrote about it. There was, uh, I believe it was uh, Andy Staples and Stuart Mandel of The Athletic who, who kind of started the conversations today, uh, today, breaking some news that uh, um, people are thinking possible expansion to double-digit amount of teams. Uh, one Power 5 athletic director told The Athletic, quote, I sense 12 teams is building support, unquote. And we asked Kevin Graham about it a little bit uh, earlier in the show, too, when we were talking to Kevin. I just... I would love Austin, and tell me if this is not tell me if this is not possible. But I would love to find that number. Where's the number that's the the perfect one? Where the people who are grumpy about it will will be happy, and uh, it will also be fair and lead to the best regular season as well as crowning a champion and all these ideals that we're all in favor of and that we all complain about when things fall short. What's the number? Uh, everyone plays a seven-game series against everyone else, and it and it it takes three years to finish one season. That's that's the number. But even then, even then, Jake, there's gonna be someone who complains about something or another every year. The the even with seven-game series tournaments like the NBA or, or Major League Baseball, every year there's the summer sports radio guy out there going, "Did the best team really win the title, or did that team yeah. get hot at the right time?" You got you and Gordon win. Back and forth over this like 19 times with UCLA. We did. 
in the college basketball tournament. That so, <laughs> so there's always, even if you found that number, there's always going to be some outcry somewhere from somebody. And here's, I don't know, people are complaining that the, the semifinal games have been one-sided. Doesn't that doesn't that mean like teams three and four? I mean, really weren't as good as one and two. And so the solution to that problem is add more teams. So maybe a, maybe a three loss team will not get hammered in the college football playoff. Like maybe that will happen. Maybe if we get enough SEC teams into the college football playoff, then uh, then that will end up solving the problem. That's just what always frustrates me about these discussions is because okay, they move it to twelve. Well, the same complaints are going to be there because Team 13 is going to think that they deserve to be in, and this conference didn't get enough teams represented, and this three-loss team didn't get in, and that two-loss team uh, was left out, and it's still the same crap. That's why I wish we could just find a number and just have it be the perfect solution just to shut everybody up. You sound really get off my lawn right now. I feel really get off Keep my lawn. Keep it down out there, and you you like what you get, and you so, don't throw a fit. So tired of it. Like the NCAA with the college basketball tournament. I mean, they have to fight themselves every year. I'll not- cancel this whole thing if you don't quiet down back there. <laughs> to throw in more teams. The NCAA basketball tournament is like, you know, guys, if we add 16 teams this year, then that will do that. And it's just, where does it go? How many play-in games? Do you we don't like having four teams. How about we have no teams, huh? How about then? The sixth place team from the MIAC won't shut up about uh, being left out this year. So let's just add some more teams. I mean, where does it end? You do sound like a sitcom dad trying to where, end an argument. Where I will does turn it end? this car around. <laughs> All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And maybe you've been dealing with some issues and are looking for a solution that will last. That is where my friend Andrew Reinhardt comes in. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, yes, that's right. Uh, we're creating a solution in the bedroom. We've gotten so good at acoustic wave therapy. Uh, we use two types actually now for added benefit. It opens up the blood vessels in this part of the body. Kind of like breaking down a muscle in the gym. Uh, That's what we do to the muscles. We build them up stronger. That's what these treatments do to blood vessels. They uh, agitate them, even though you don't feel it. That regrows and opens up everything. Um, It's a process known as neovascularization. Basically, more blood flow in the bedroom, where you want it, when you want it. I think the big attraction, uh, Jake, is guys don't have to turn to the pill anymore. They're turning back the clock in the bedroom. And keep in mind, 40 clinical studies behind our exact technology showing it works, it's safe, and has a very high success rate. You know, it's amazing what guys have been uh, putting up with with the pill for all these years. I mean, decades. I mean, you you know, you guys uh, are coming along and kind of changing the way things are done because who wants to deal with that? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Since the early 90s, guys have taken the pill. And then the pill kind of wings off you know it stops uh it stops working guys go to the injections really bad stuff uh causes a, a ton of really serious medical issues frankly and we haven't had anything really good that's treated the actual problem until now fda registered device backed by science and we're kind of the pioneers with this helping a lot of guys 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. Get on the schedule. Come in and see the doc for free and a lot of other stuff today, right? 
Yep, a lot of perks. Uh, the assessment and exam with our doctor, that's free. Gives you a chance to ask all the questions you maybe have never asked anybody. Uh, he'll do a blood flow ultrasound at no charge. You get the little gift that I have rarely seen fail, if ever, produces immediate results in the bedroom. And there's 300 bucks off right now. So pretty cool. Uh, give us a call. It's all no charge. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. It's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Again, call him today, 801-901-8000. We'll have more Big Show coming up right around the corner. Don't forget, Lock joins us at 5, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Time to welcome in Luke Easterling, editor of the Draft Wire and the Bucks Wire for USA Today Sports Media Group. I still don't understand the idea that Justin Fields is going to fall out of the top five, maybe even out of the top ten. Obviously, Zach Wilson's probably going to go number two. I would take Justin Fields at number two without question. If you make a highlight reel of Zach Wilson, he looks like a potential number two overall pick. But if you make a low-light film, you'll wonder why he's being drafted at all. Usually, his team was the best team on the field, if not always, last year. And the fact that he was still inconsistent and not able to be dominant on a consistent level against lower level competition, that gives me concerns. And when you contrast that with what Justin Fields was able to do against some of the top competition, particularly that performance against Clemson while playing injured, I just don't understand why that's a conversation. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, this is your Jazz at 30 up Presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. Utah Jazz have lost a couple in a row. They're back at it tonight, taking on the Sacramento Kings. No Donovan Mitchell for the Jazz tonight as he continues to rehab his sprained ankle. No Mike Conley tonight either. He re-aggravated a right hamstring injury that he suffered back in February. Here's George Niang today talking about dealing with the injury issues. It's part of the game. You know, other teams had to deal with it early on. We were lucky enough to be healthy, and injuries are a part of the game. I think guys are, you know, ready to step up with roles that they're given with other guys out and continue to play jazz basketball and winning basketball. Injuries are a part of the game. We can't look at who's not around. We just have to be, if, if you're available, you have to get out there and give us what you got and contribute to winning. And I think that's how Coach Q takes these situations. Uh all of our guys are prepped, you know, to play in NBA games. Um, they just have to get out there and continue to grow and, and do what they need to do and help uh, this team win games, whether, you know, Mike or Donovan are in there or they're not. Bottom of the hour, Jazz Update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. Tonight's game against the Kings starts a little after 8 o'clock with tip. Pre-game coverage here on The Zone begins at 7. You can't stop me now. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Every day on The Big Show. 
What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. What's going on? What's going on? Part two, the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Spring, their spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That is Davis Vision. All right, uh, part number two of, uh, of what's going on. Let's check in with Hans and Scotty. They had John Wilner on. Uh, of course, uh, John broke news yesterday about the Pac-12 commissioner search and jumped on with Hans and Scotty to talk about it. Well, I mean, I think the key is that it's a possibility, right? I, there is a good chance uh, that they will end up in a much more traditional place than, uh, than where it seems to be headed at this moment. Uh, we'll have to see. But clearly they are considering all options, uh, those that have been attempted before and those that uh, have gone where no conference has gone before. It's a cool the Star Trek line, kind of. You know, uh, we'll see. Uh, there are certainly, to me, if you're going to hire somebody to run the Pac-12 who doesn't have a background in college sports or college football specifically, there is an added level of risk, right? And we have seen that play out over the last 12 years. Uh, so I don't know that the Pac-12 is really in a position where it can take on additional risk. But the presidents uh, seem to want to, you know, consider all options. When you look at the field of uh, potential commissioners, is there a no-brainer out there, in your opinion? Um. Well, that's a good question. Uh, out there now, no. I mean, I think that there were a couple of folks I thought just – I mean, it depends on what you think is important. And to me, the two priorities for the conference have always been with this search, somebody who understands campus life and the challenges that the athletic departments are facing every day with the student-athletes, with the resource allocation – all name, image, likeness, transfers, all that stuff. Somebody who really knows what's going on on the front lines. And the other piece was somebody who really knows college football. And if those are your two priorities, there were, I thought, some pretty obvious uh, candidates when this thing started. Uh, and they are no longer candidates. You know, Gene Smith, the AD at, at Ohio State, Greg Byrne, the AD at Alabama, Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, right? All three of them have worked in the Pac-12 before. All three of them know college football, know what's going on behind the scenes as well as in front of our eyes, and all three of them understand campus life. But none of them are candidates. Are they no longer candidates because of their decision or the Pac-12 president's decisions? Uh, It seems to me that's their decision. Like they just didn't want to be, you know, didn't want to get involved for whatever reason. You know, everybody's got their own deal. You know, but Smith and and Bowlesby are cl- pretty close to retirement. I think Bowlesby is already the commissioner of a Power Five conference. Um, you know, and so and Burns got you know pretty good job in Alabama. So yeah. uh, the Pac-12 gig, you know, it is not looked at as a 
easy lift, right? There's a lot of problems and a lot of challenges. And we're one of the problems we're seeing right now. The president can't get on, you know, don't understand a lot of stuff and can't get out of their own way. Uh, so it's not viewed as, an, you know, easy wins, right? I kind of have equated it, you know, uh, you hire a new coach, a new football coach. But, well, you want to have a, you know, you want to play Northern Arizona in that opener to get a win, right? There are no Northern Arizonas for the next Pac-12 commissioner, right? They're all Alabamas. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit shocking, though, when I think about it. I mean, considering that Larry Scott was the highest paid commissioner by whatever it was, 40 or 50 percent next to the next P5 conference commissioner, it seems like the money would be attractive in and of itself. Is the job that much of a mess that even the higher pay isn't enough to influence somebody over? Well, they're not going to pay that. They, there is no chance that the commissioners are going to bring somebody in for anything close to what Larry Scott was making. They have been burned to shreds on that. Uh, and their, their own uh, stakeholders, you know, their CFOs, their faculty reps, their athletic directors are outraged about what Larry Scott was making. So the next commissioner will be much more in line with with others, I, you know, to me, it's, uh, you know, two, three million a year, not five and a half million a year. So if you've already got a good job and you're in college athletics and you're making, you know, low seven figures, uh, they're not, you know, they're not offering you a colossal bump. That The Larry Scott pay is, is going the way of the dodo. So I was, I was reading a uh, book about Greg Allman of the Allman Brothers, the band, and uh, and he, he, he said after his fourth divorce, he said, maybe the problem was me. And um, the the Pac-12 presidents, I mean, like Larry Scott's taken a lot of criticism. Uh, you know, a lot of schools, USC takes criticism for not being able to turn things around on the football side. Uh, is, is it time that maybe we look at the Pac-12 presidents and say, hey, you guys should own some of this as well? Oh, well, I mean, I think it's way past time. And absolutely, the presidents have been part of the problem. There's no doubt about that. I've written about that repeatedly. Larry Scott's content. You can't blame Larry Scott for making what he was making. Blame his yeah. bosses. You can't blame Larry Scott for the expenses. You know, the, his bosses signed off on it. You can't blame Scott for basically putting the athletic directors on the back burner for 10 years. His bosses let him do it. I mean, that's it starts with them. And it's a different crew for the most part. There's only two left over from the group that hired Scott, ASU and UCLA. Uh, but, you know, I haven't seen a ton of evidence that, that most of them understand the importance of football in this whole calculation. Some of them do, but a few of them do not. And, and part of the problem is, uh, you know, there's only 10 right now, really. I, I don't honestly know if Utah and Oregon State are going to vote on the new on the new commissioner or if they're going to abstain i just i don't know enough about the governance situation right now with the interims but there's 10 permanent presidents and chancellors in place and you know uh certainly three or four of them do not care about or understand college football there you go john wilner talking about the process finding a new commissioner how maybe it's not going so well I just Dennis Dodd said uh, something when he joined us in the last segment, Austin, something you and I uh, talked about yesterday, in fact, where it seems like they're going to find another Larry Scott, or at least that's they're 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 applying an outside the box solution to a problem that really needs an inside the box kind of hire. 
And I wonder, and you heard John talk about the people who didn't want the job. I wonder, like we talked about yesterday, if it's an act of desperation. I liked what uh, Dennis Dodd said. They're screwing this thing up uh, as it stands right now. (laughs) That's enough said. I just can't believe they didn't have a plan. I can. I I I 100% can because what John just said, that there's 10 governance uh, votes with 10 presidents right now that are going to have a vote is what he thinks. Of the is, 12 is because that of the interims. It, yeah, with Utah and what's the other? And uh, ASU, Yeah, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, so, and, uh, and eight of those 10 don't know anything about football. And this isn't just a football uh, hire. This is a, an all-sports hire, but football is definitely the gravy train, definitely the, the engine of college sports. And if eight of the 10 people t- making a vote on this don't know anything about college football – then it's no surprise to me that they didn't have a plan, and it's also no surprise to me that... They're screwing this thing up uh, as it stands right now. They're screwing this thing up Oops, uh, as it stands right twice. now. Twice. Like but it. hey, we got, it really, we, we got the point. Really hit the point there. Um, I, I am still surprised. One, these presidents do have athletic directors who they can counsel. You know, it's not just them going... You know, they can they can say, hey, what do you think the best solution for this thing is? But... The, Austin, we all have heard the adage, when we can help it, you know, if you're looking to move jobs... Don't let go of one branch until you've firmly grasped another, right? You know, if you were... I mean, that's the conservative way to go about life, yeah. If if you're considering moving on from your conference commissioner, don't you at least develop a plan or kick the tires on a possible replacement? Yeah. Or, or don't you... Don't you... I mean, if Greg Byrne was really your guy, and I get the logic in that former Arizona guy, big-time athletic director at Alabama, like, that makes some sense. Don't you... Say, hey, what's it going to cost to get you out of Alabama? Yeah, but also I think the most egregious thing is that this was a slow-burning uh, d- yes. divorce. This was years long in the in the future. We all saw this coming five years ago. How much has our boy John Canzano up there with the Oregonian written about this over the years? <laughs> I reached out to John. He was busy today. But uh, oh. he's, he, and he's not a, uh, the type to gloat, but he absolutely could be gloating right now. He's been telling everybody. Everyone has for five years. This is not going. This is coming. This is going to end between today and five years from now. And now we've fast forward five years, and the Pac-12 goes. Well, this just came out of nowhere. Right. And they totally left holding the bag. They with should nothing have thirty to do. candidates ready to take right. the job. They should have somebody who has taken the job. Can you imagine what Larry Scott's doing in that office, by the way, in these unsupervised months before <laughs> he leaves? He's probably setting fire to everything in the building. <laughs> <laughs> if he if he's the vindictive kind, or he might just be watching reruns of Mash or something. Well, I think it's cover. It's probably covering his tracks. Like <laughs> like, hey, uh, burn record of that. Burn record of that. Yeah, don't want anybody knowing about that. <clears throat> Can we get rid of that? Yeah, let's let's get rid of that. Why is this labeled Woody Burn file? Yeah, right. Disappear a few employees that know too much. You know all that sort of thing. Yeah, he got rid of a lot of employees already. Tie up some loose ends. The new guy's going to get there after Larry leaves, and there's going to be nothing, like no office furniture, no, like, cubicles, like nothing, just a vacant building. Hey, wasn't there a TV network here? Like, you'd think there'd be some cameras or something. Just some squatters oh, uh, from downtown San oh, Francisco. Larry liquidated that a long time ago. I think, he, I, think he, I think he put that in his pocket before he skipped the country. Probably what I'd be doing. Want to remind you to join the big show at The Warehouse coming up on Friday. From 2 to 6, uh, going to be Austin Horton and Tanner Mangum hosting on uh, Friday. As I will One be of those out. guys you should care about meeting. You, Austin? No, Tanner. 
1825 South 300 West. That's where the warehouse is, by the way. Go by. Uh, they've got some unbelievable deals going on right now, but uh, see Austin and Tanner as I will be on my paternity leave. Wow. That seems weird. Going to two, Austin. I'm sorry. I know. I'm a little frightened. I mean, congrats. Thank you. David Locke joins us at five. Coming up next, Not Sports Report, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Used Car Supermarket. With over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory, shop online, lhmusedcars.com. David Locke is going to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. But right now, uh, the Not Sports Report, uh, this is what I've got for you, Austin. The good folks at TGI Fridays, of all people, have done a Mother's Day survey on what the moms want and do not want for Mother's Day. Like off their menu? No, 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 no. Oh, just in general? Just in general. Okay. If Minky's not on there, it should be. I think this is more or less a survey to kind of promote the, some sort of Mother's Day agenda for Fridays, but but nonetheless, interesting. Okay. Right? Um, we'll start with uh, what they are hope what moms are hoping for on Mother's Day. 70% of moms want one thing, Austin. What do you think that is? Not Not a gift, but like what to do. Uh, well, I know that dad, the answer for Father's Day would be peace and quiet. So Mother's Day would be a visit from their children. Incorrect. Dang it. 70% of moms want a day to themselves. Ah, uh, like dads? <laughs> like dads. Moms are not different. Wow. 70% of moms want you to leave them alone. Okay. And they're right. Uh, 51% of moms want a good night's sleep. 40% of moms want a self-care day, like spa, manicure, massage, that sort of thing. And 38% of moms want a night out with friends. Wow. That's... So, like, no percent of moms actually want to see their family. Yeah, I was waiting. <laughs> not, not flowers, not a visit, not a hug, not an email, not a Zoom, nothing. Fact, Leave me alone. I'd rather see strangers at the bar before I see you. 38% want to see, want to go to the bar with their pals. <laughs> I was surprised. Wow, we need to be better to our moms. The 70% of moms wanting a day to themselves, that didn't surprise me all that much. Maybe a lot. I would have thought, like, you know, family, that sort of thing. No, but it's it's logical. But 38% of moms want a night out with friends. I didn't see that coming. All right. The the survey also asked respondents uh, their top annoyances of Mother's Day. And this is this is the real uh, uh, best part of this story here. Um, 47% of moms don't want to be cleaning up after the party slash celebration. Oh, yeah. If you're making your mom do that. That is that is cold. You're going to hell. That is cold after the whole family leaves and and what? even if they're the type which my mom is that she's like I want to do it. I got this. I I, I want to work hard. Don't let her. No. Uh-uh. Absolutely. It is not, not the day that she no. cleans up. Imagine. Well, I'll be uh, I'll be watching some TV. Good luck cleaning up after the family. Have a good one. It's like your pregnant wife yeah. mowing the lawn. Yeah. You got to find a way to not let her do that not so a good that move. she's not the one doing it. All right, real quick here. 33% don't want to be feeling exhausted at the end of the day. 36% uh, uh, complain about not being able to take a break from everyday routine. 
Come on, give give the moms a break from the everyday routine. I, I hear that one. 30% don't like waking up too early, and 28% uh, complain about not having enough time alone. So when I text my mom the results of this and say, it, it looks like what I should give you for Mother's Day is to not hear from me. And she says, no, I'd love to. Do, is she lying? She doesn't mean it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she says, she really no, doesn't want to hear from she me. She really doesn't. Give nope. me a day without you. No matter what she says, okay. she does not want to hear from you on Mother's Day. All right. Let alone see you. I'll still get her a minky, but I'll mail it to her. Right. So she doesn't have to see exactly. me. Exactly. She just wants a little <laughs> time alone. That's what she wants. And certainly not to be cleaning up after some sort of, you know, get together. Don't do that. That's a no-no. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our good friend, Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, let's uh, let's help some listeners out who might be having some issues in the bedroom. Yes. Uh, so many guys are struggling, probably in silence, actually. I've kind of learned there's a lot of frustration that doesn't get talked about. And sometimes, more often now than we've seen, is spouses reach out to us and say, oh, my man has ED. I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to talk about it. So this is a huge problem. Uh, Wasatch Medical, we've actually got the two most advanced forms of acoustic wave therapy now, the only ones that do. And it opens up and regrows blood vessels in this part of the body. You can kind of imagine tiny blood vessels to begin with in their healthiest state. And as we age, they uh, shrivel up, they die, they get hardened, and they can't dilate. Our treatments repair that with pressure waves over just a couple of weeks. It's been shown to reverse the ED, improve blood flow. And I think the big attraction, Jake, is no pills, thank goodness, no side effects, and a little more spontaneity in the relationship. See, I think you're you're smart to bring up the partner there, Andrew, because I know when it comes to me, I can put up with anything, right? But this is a problem that affects more than just the guy. Yes, it affects the relationship. And I bet the significant others are uh, more affected than we think. This isn't just a guy problem. This is a relationship and a couple's problem. It definitely affects both people. Um, and I love to see the spouse encourage. I think that's It's a compliment, guys. I know it doesn't feel like it, but that means they want to be more intimate, and we want to hear more of that. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. You can get on the schedule and see the doctor for free, plus a bunch of other stuff, right? Yeah, a lot of perks today. Uh, The assessment and exam is free. That gives you a chance to, you know, try things out. You can always uh, decide to not go forward with treatments, but we'll do a blood flow ultrasound free. You get the gift that doesn't fail very often, if ever. Uh, it produces immediate results in the bedroom. And there's 300 bucks off today. So pretty cool. A lot of value. Give us a call. It's all no charge. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Lock jumps on with us next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. There's conversations about the Pac-12 about hiring two commissioners, looking and focusing on not necessarily current athletic directors or current conference commissioners, but looking at people from the sports business world. That's what you got with Larry Scott. Stop it. What are they doing? You need to hire somebody who specializes in football, who knows football, who knows high-level football, and can execute that at a high level and can support your individual institutions in football. It's a cornered market. The right mind could build it into something indestructible, big, bold, a moneymaker. The right mind could do it. 
Hans and Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Uh, 